that's how you build rivalries, and that's how you build atmosphere. Edwards, three-pointer, it's good! This team is right there with anybody else in, in the country. They are clicking on kind of a different level that we didn't um, that we didn't see this year. Perry for the lead. Oh! He did it again. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Zone Star State Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Ishmael Johnson. Ish, it's been a minute. How are it's you? It's been a little minute. Yeah, I mean, we had to, of course, we had to wrap up the magazine. Of course, we had a lot of uh, football news going around, wrapping up spring. Um, everywhere I know you and you and Colin have been pretty big on, on covering spring and all that stuff for for the main green. Um, by the way, go check out that go check out a green room and all the podcasts on ROF. Um, yeah, but it's been busy. But we we took some time off. We decided to to let some news actually happen. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, we're we're back with the new episode and some we got we got some news. Yeah, we got some news, and in the coming weeks, we're going to uh, start back up our um, series where we have beat writers on from teams across the state. So we're hoping to get uh, two months, June and July, fill those, and then once we get to August, we'll get some coaches on here, and then by that point, it'll be time to start up our previews. So oh. that's the plan for this summer. That's the plan for the off season. We took a couple weeks off, but we're back now. Uh, a pretty loaded podcast, I would say, here for it being June 12th-ish. And I want to start with uh, the men's preseason top 25s that have come out. Okay. Now, Field of 68, I want to give them credit. They have built a consensus one with all of the major top 25 outlets um, from major outlets and put them into one consensus. And I think it's pretty interesting. We have four Texas teams in here right now. Mm-hmm. Houston at five, Texas A&M at 12. Uh, Texas at 17 and Baylor at 23. Yeah. Um, we're going to get into a couple um, additions uh, for Baylor and then the TCU as well on the men's side in this podcast. But overall, how do, how do, how do you feel about those four spots? I think right now, based on what we know about those teams, I'd say that's it's more or less fair. Um, I'd say when we came to when we go to personal rankings, I'd probably move some things around. Um, particularly, obviously, the, the big one would be Texas, probably. But based off what we know about who they're bringing in, I don't want to be too harsh on them in terms of like unranking them or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Baylor will be better, but or not better than Texas, but better than twenty four, let's say preseason, but or twenty three, um, but there is a lot of rely there's gonna be a lot of reliance on a lot of first year players um we talked a little bit about that before we started recording so right now i think that's pretty that's pretty safe um i might push like little lightly tap a m into the top 10 maybe with the bringing everybody back um but i you know 12 it's just two spots out so it's nothing really too crazy yeah um it's a really interesting off season for t- the texas teams like Obviously, beyond just like the LJ Cryer swap and the or not swap, but departure to go mm-hmm. um, to Houston and Tremont Mark leaving Houston and uh, Baylor having to rebuild a bit, Texas having to rebuild, AM returning everybody. I think TCU should be, I don't know if they should be top 25, but they should be right there. Mm-hmm. And that might be my main thing is if we're ranking 
Houston, A&M, Texas, Baylor, TCU. I might have more belief in TCU than all but Houston. It's yeah, it's and, uh, so we can talk about TCU. They added Ernest Uday, and we're, we're just gonna mm-hmm. let's just put all the men's basketball thing into one clump here. Sure, they added Ernest Uday from um Kansas, mm-hmm. right? Out of high school, Ernest Uday was a um high was he five star, a uh, high four star, uh, might have been high five four star. like high level guy here, played a good amount at Kansas. Um, averaged 2.6 points per game, 1.8 rebounds, but played eight minutes per game in 30 games. So he at least saw the court. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking about a 6'11", 250-pound center. And for me, this is such a big deal because it immediately replaces Eddie Lampkin, which mm-hmm. I don't think they had replaced beforehand. Beforehand, right. you go down their roster, and it's Xavier Cork at 6'9". It's um, – uh, where was the other one? Uh, Asam Mustafa, who we talked about, six mm-hmm. nine, but neither one of those are real centers. Yeah, Xavier, or I'm sorry, Ernest Ude is a center, and so now I feel a lot better about them at the five position. And then you would bring in, you know, Cork and Mustafa at the four, and you have options now. And then that's not even to mention Jacoby Coles and Chuck O'Bannon and Emmanuel Miller, mm-hmm. Michael Peavy. Like, this is a team, and maybe. A lot of times I get caught up because uh, returning talent to me is exciting because you can name off the names and be like, oh, they got this guy, this guy, this guy. But I really feel like this is a team that, A, obviously ran into a very good Gonzaga team in the second round and lost, but Mm -hmm. had the potential of a team that could have got to a Sweet 16 last year. And they return a lot of talent, and then they add the players that we mentioned, including, you know, Travian Tennyson and and guys like that, and Jameer Nelson Jr. Mm -hmm. So – I almost be- I believe in TCU more than I do any other team besides Houston right now. Yeah, you've, you've kind of come around with TCU a little bit because I know when they were first getting some of those guys, you weren't. This was too- big. Yeah, this is this, this is a big pickup. Like uh, I'm looking at some of his numbers right now. He shoots he, again very limited numbers, but you see how Kansas used him. It was yeah. a lot of lob finishes. It was a lot of yeah. very like a. A DeAndre Jordan-esque yeah. role, right? Rolling to the rim, finishing lobs, things like that. He shot over 75% at the rim. Um, but that's where, again, that's where he shot all at, like 100% of the shots came yeah. at the rim. Um, and he's very, he's very athletic. He has the lift. You see, again, that's something that TCU didn't have. Like Emmanuel Miller's kind of athletic, but he's not that, he doesn't have that bounce. Um, and so it just gives them, like, they, they're now able to go big. They're, they're able to go small. They're like... I I would love to – TCU is the one team probably in the state that I would love to see their first and second practice because it's like what what are the rotations like? What are the what, – who's Put the – new guys the, against the returners, just let them – Right, right. You, you can literally run fives <laughs> with, with the new guys and the returners. Like I'm going to uh, – again, this is going to be a common theme when we talk about TCU this year. I'm going to roll off these names for just that – that are just going to be in the rotation, I would presume. Yeah. Okay, this is in numerical order based on their roster on their website. Micah Peavy, Manuel Miller, Chuck O'Bannon, Xavier Cork, Jacoby Coles, scrolling down. These are new guys. Avery Anderson, Isaiah mm-hmm. Manning, oh, who's a first true freshman, but I, I still like him a lot, Issa Mustafa, Jameer Nelson Jr., Travian Tennyson, Ernest Uhe. Yeah. 
that is that's a those are platoons like those are like five in five out <laughs> we're gonna swap like again there's gonna be some people lost in this rotation a little bit right like i think that we're probably not gonna see you know the 20 plus minute travian tennyson that we saw at corpus christi just because he mm-hmm. can't play that much like in terms of like guys who i would assume would play a lot i would presume jameer nelson and avery anderson and then emmanuel miller and those are the only three guys that I can really say are going to play like 25, 20 to 25. Cause like everybody else feels like 15 around there. Cause you have so many guys that need minutes. And I remember now what, cause you mentioned me not being as high on TCU. I think the whole thing for us, when we had the discussion, I think like a month or two ago was mm-hmm. TCU versus Houston. Mm-hmm. And you said TCU was the best team in the state. I was like, I still got Houston. Sure, I'm sure. honestly, yeah. hmm. Again, we uh, a lot of this is a lot of this with TCU is speculative, right? These guys yes. got to play, and we got to see them how they look. Like Jameer Nelson still has to play in the big. Jameer Nelson Jr. still has to step up to the Big Twelve. And we have to remember, a lot of these guys. As much as I like all the guys, again, it's yep. easy for me at times to read off names, be like, "Oh, they got this guy, this guy, this guy." Mm-hmm. At times, Jacoby Coles was not as playable. Xavier Corey not as playable. Chuck O'Bannon had his moments. Like the, all of these guys have to step up because Mike Miller's not there anymore. Yeah. And so that's where, like you said, Jameer Nelson has to be really good. Like Travian Tennyson, I think, is going to have to be good for them. Ernest Uday is going to have to be good. So a lot of this is, I think you worded it well, speculative. Whereas mm-hmm. for Houston, um, Jamal Shedd, LJ Cryer, Damian Dunn, um, you know, Javier Francis, uh, Ramon Walker, Emmanuel Sharp is back. Uh, yeah, a lot of these, a lot of those guys are like, proven and or or in the case of like an lj Carr, who we don't know how he fits he's a proven he's proven in his own right and he's kind of plug and play as far as like what we expect yeah um didn't terrence arsenal enter the he tra- yes he transferred um i forgot to figure out where Did he transfer? because no, i thought he was still there i thought i think he's still there he's still there yeah because he's he's i'm, I'm i don't know who i'm thinking of maybe from another school marks 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 transferred yeah, well, Mark, I need yeah, Mark transferred. But anyways, um, so yeah, he's Terrence Arsenault, who we were high on last year, is back. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I'm still gonna have Houston up there as the, as the yeah, yeah. Me. I think, I think that's. I mean, of course, we'll talk about one of the guys they lost in a bit, um, in, in Jarris Walker. But you know, I, I think that's gonna be the harder one to replace. I think. I don't want to say you can replace Marcus Sasser, but like a lot of guys can step up to kind of carry the, the, the scoring load. Um, yeah. Like Cryer and then Shed's going to be scoring a little bit more this year too. And again, there's going to be more guys scoring um, Walker again, his role is going to be the one that I think is going to be the issue um, or kind of having that dynamic big. Uh, but overall, yeah, I'd say that's e- they're easier replacing Sasser and a lot of their big guys than some of the other teams are. Yeah, so Houston and TCU I, are, in my opinion, the top two. So I would have TCU in the top 15 somewhere. Yep. Then it yep. gets interesting because A&M, they return a lot. Way Taylor, mm-hmm. we expect to be all ACC first team type guy. Um, they did have some seniors on last year's team, though. I don't have the roster sure. in front of me. Uh, but Boots Radford, I think, was a senior. Mm-hmm. Um, they, I believe Dexter Dennis was also a senior. Um, I'd have to go look at their incoming class. Um, I don't know if you have it up, but I can look it up really quick. Um, Ray Taylor is where it's going to yeah. start. Like in theory, if you're betting on AM, it's like, all right, I'm betting on Henry Coleman, Wade Taylor, mm-hmm. um, the guys who we know, Manny Obastecki, 
right? I think Julius Marble's back as well as a starter. Mm -hmm. So you're betting on those guys as being elite, which they were good last year. but And they came in second in the SEC, but I expect the SEC to be a lot better this year. I expect um, it to be a little bit more challenging of a road. So how good can they really be? If I'm looking at top 25, I don't think I have them in the top. I don't think they're top 15. I think they're in the 15 to 20 range, though. That's fair. Um, I think that a lot of the issue with them is the similar issues we had last year. I think White, except White Taylor is definitely elevated to be more of that alpha that we kind of thought they were missing. Um, they don't have much coming in in terms of recruits. Um, they have two guys coming in because they have a pretty bloated roster. Um, or two, I would say, I think two, sorry, two transfers coming in. And then I think maybe one or two signings from the, the class. Um, because again, they bring back basically everybody. So um, I think they bring in, let me see. Transfer wise from yeah. Middle Tennessee, who was a fine and Jace player. Carter. And then Jace Carter coming in from uh-huh. Illinois, Chicago. Uh, right. So those are those are the two. I think Eli, Eli Lawrence will help them. Yeah. Um, and again, like if, if, if we, let me see, Marble. Yeah, Marble's coming back. So it looks like. Um, so yeah, so if we say it's that core, except you replace Radford and Dennis with Lawrence right. and Carter. I mean, that's pretty safe. That's safe. And I'd say for me, because of what they showed in conference, I'd be more, I I think my, a lot of my issues are issues. um, A lot of my interest with them is going to be non-conference because that's where we kind of wrote them off. Right. Um, They played a bad, that's what, and that's what kept them out of the tournament as well is them playing badly in non-conference. And then they didn't play that tough of a non-conference. And so you will yeah we'll see um but if you're asking me to bet on this team just continuing to get better yeah i i i i, I bet on that i and I, and I do, that. yeah and i do think buzz williams is a good coach so i'm i'm cool yeah. with that um texas and baylor are interesting cases so let's talk baylor real quick because baylor recently added ray j um ray j dennis mm-hmm. and from toledo 19 points per game and a fourth year player you know 5.8 assists, four rebounds. This is a huge get for them. Yeah. Because b- before this, if you're looking at their roster, I'm not 100% sure where their creation comes from. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure where, like, as much as I like Langston Love, um, Jaden Nunn, you know, guys like that, I don't mm-hmm. know where their creation was coming from. Yeah. This was, this is huge. This is the transfer that they needed to really make everything make sense on this roster. Because if we're saying it's Ray J Dennis and Jacoby Walter and Langston love, I feel a lot better than with that backcourt. Um, and Jaden Nunn, you could throw in there as well, but that's the backcourt I can see being like, okay, this makes sense now uh, yeah. because we know they have the bigs. I mean, Jalen, Jalen Bridges is there still. Uh, you mentioned the off air, Yves Missy, mm-hmm. uh, a freshman coming in, uh, Josh Ojemuna, who I thought had a decent year as a freshman. Uh, I don't know if Caleb Lohner's back, but you know, Caleb Lohner throw him in the mix. Um, so I, I feel like it's a good team, but and I think 20 to 25 is probably fair right now, yeah. Uh, but I can't have them above the other teams that, that I mentioned in Texas, yeah. Like in, in the end, they're still gonna be playing a guy who should be in high school this year, right? And Missy, uh, who reclassified. Um, I think their starting backcourt is probably um, Dennis and Nunn, right? Would you say probably yeah. at least right off the top of your head? Um, obviously Cole, or yeah, obviously Cole's can or Walters. Excuse me, well, Walter, Walters. Yeah, Walter. Um, 
could could come into there. And I don't know if he's the level of Keontae George. I think he's more of a guy who, at least from when I saw him, and because he he transferred uh, this year, but I saw him as a junior for McKinney. He didn't strike me as like the one and done type of guy that Keontae George was. Um, he he strikes me as more of a multi year college guy who will get better, um, but whose game probably isn't as conducive right now to dominate at that level. So mm-hmm. by the end of the year, he could be working his way into that. But I think right now, yeah, I'd say you're still betting on a lot of freshmen um, coming in to, to sure up some of that roster imbalance. Um, Mira Little, again, we don't know what he's going to play. He's a four-star. He's just, he could be reliable, but I wouldn't expect him to come in and play huge minutes right away. But um, in the end, I'm also willing to trust Scott Drew and have him figure something out. Um, is this – I probably – if I had to say, if I had to guess, I'd probably lean towards this not being one of his better teams um, just because it feels like – I don't want to say a rebuilding year. That feels kind of weird. But, like, it does feel like a kind of an influx kind of year. Um, or the year they brought in James Akinjo, they had, they had enough back from the year before to kind of run it back. Last year, even though they had some new pieces, you still saw the talent. This year, it's going to – I don't think it's as um, concrete about what they are going to be. It's going to have to be Ray J. Dennis and Jalen Bridges, I think, really, as the two guys that – Ray J. Dennis is going to have to come in and be border, like all, all conference. Right. Yeah. Like, and I, I loved what I saw from him at Toledo when I went and watched it, uh, the, the highlights. I was like, this guy mm-hmm. – and the efficiencies there, he's 19 and 19 and five. Like, this is a really good player at Toledo, which was a good basketball team last year. They made a couple rounds in the NIT. Like, that's a good team and their best player from that team. So I feel good about Ray J. Dennis, but you know, the thing is, when James Akinjo stepped in, he had a lot more to work with in a lot of ways. And so I just, it'll it'll be interesting to see how how he um, how they do there. But I, I agree with you, it'll. I'm not sure how this they fare in the Big 12 this year. It's going to be a little worrisome because we got to remember these are all um, besides Texas A&M. These are all uh, Big 12 teams for one more year mm-hmm. before Texas leaves. Yeah, uh, Texas. I don't have too much on Texas here. We've talked about them at various points throughout the year. We talked about their our our opinion being it's kind of underwhelming to go from Ron Holland and AJ Johnson to mid major transfers that weren't great at their schools. Right. They're going to have to prove it to us, right? And then, you know, you sprinkle in, you know, like Brock Cunningham's and the returners that they have on, on the roster. It's, it's a good team. I think they're it's fair to put them in the 15 to 20 range. 17 I'm cool with. Um, but it's, it's another team that has, has some question marks. Yeah, I think I think so. Um, I think as the roster settled, I mean, sure, I know they were in for, for Caleb Love and he obviously d- didn't didn't go there, but I think that as the roster settled, I'm uh, now that the shock of everybody leaving is kind of all gone. I'm kind of yeah. like, this is a solid team. Like they're they're not going to be bad. Um, they might finish the year ranked. So I would I wouldn't be surprised. Um, they should they should start the year ranked. It's just going to be a lot of a lot of guys that you know again the Kendall Weavers and all those of the world like having to like really step up. So I mean I w- they should start the year ranked. Um, it's just going to be involved. It's going to be a lot more guys involved that are going to have to step up like a Kendall Weaver. Um, but I don't know. I'm not, I'm not as, I'm not as down on this team. Um, I I think, am I underselling them? I don't, I don't know. I think Tyrese Hunter, 
Max right. Andrews. I think I was about to say those two guys again. That's probably the best starting backcourt in the Big Twelve. Dylan Mitchell coming back, and then of course Dylan Dessou coming back. If he can stay healthy, I don't know. I don't think he's the guy that was putting up well, like first overall pick numbers in the in the Big Twelve tournament. Yeah. But I think he's somebody who could, really does have all conference, first team all conference potential. Um, if he can just stay healthy, and that's literally it, just stay healthy. Um, so we'll see. I don't know. I'm I'm not I'm I'm growing more optimistic about Texas. I don't think they're going to be doing what they did this year. I, I still I don't know. We'll have to I'll have to really see them do something in non-conference for me to have that kind of optimism. But I think they're going to be fine. However, you want to define that. <laughs> okay. So if I'm doing if my top five right now in Texas, I'm doing yeah. Houston, TCU, Texas, A&M, Baylor. My per my personal top five. I mean, Houston. Who are you thinking? Two. TCU or Texas? A and M. I might go A and M too. I think it's between A and M and TCU. I think I lean A and M just because I know what those guys are right now. Yeah. Um, TCU has the names, which is why I think they're three ahead of Texas for me. Um, I'd probably put Texas fifth. But I don't think they're going to be bad, right? Texas I just like. Baylor? I put them behind Baylor. I think Scott. I mean, Scott Drew to me has earned that benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, okay, that's a coaching man. That's that's a coaching thing for me. I still think Texas starting five is good. The issue for me comes with depth, like what happens when Max Amos goes to the bench. You know, yeah. like that's kind of that's kind of my thing. Um, but as of right now, like if we say, I'm trying to guess, Hunter Amos. Cunningham, Mitchell, Snoo. Shed. Oh, yeah. Shedrick. Shedrick. Yeah, yeah. But like, like that. that's a good starting five. Yeah. It's a really good starting five. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. We'll see if, if Weaver and Onyema can help them um, this mm-hmm. year as well. That'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk about probably the sixth best, best team. Well, sixth or seventh. Well, we'll throw Tech in there. Sixth yeah. or seventh best team in Texas. <laughs> North Texas. Uh, I do want to do a quick highlight because um, it feels like Graham McCaslin left and Ross Hodge took over, and they're going to be really, really good again. Yeah. Like, they're going to be top 45 in the country again, which would be, again, incredible. I don't want to write that off as being anything less than incredible. They finished, I think, 31st in Ken Palm last year. They finished, like, 36th in the net last year. Um, won the NIT for God's sakes. Like this is a team that could very well be top 50 in the country again. Mm-hmm. And doing that at North Texas would be remarkable. So um, obviously they lost Tyler Perry to Kansas state. Kansas, Kansas state looks like they're loading back up. They had just added Kaluma. Uh, yeah, man, they, man, that's well. a good point. So shout out to them. But anyways, lose Tyler Perry. Um, but they add, Jason Edwards from junior college, 22 points per game. They had uh, John Bugs from UTSA, 11 mm-hmm. points per game, 40% three-point shooter. Robert Allen from Ole Miss, 17 minutes per game, going into his sixth year. Uh, and C.J. Noland, who is, I think is the big one here, uh, obviously didn't play a ton at Oklahoma in his two mm-hmm. years. Uh, first year, he was all Big 12 freshman team, but that's kind of like, I don't know what the word is, but it's uh, – to, kind of a token award like whereas like you didn't like he was averaging like three points per game like it was not right, right. but still uh we're talking about a top 100 player out of high school so they add those four players um 
And then they add, and then they're looking at, not looking at, they're trying to get Rondell Walker, who posted a picture at mm-hmm. North Texas. And I'm like, if this team adds Rondell Walker, they're immediately contenders in the American with Memphis. Like Memphis, Tulsa, I think Tulsa's going to be really good this year. Tulane, um, obviously FAU, UAB. Like if they can get Rondell Walker, they're, put, they're immediately in that space. Um, separately, I don't see how FAU is then eighth is the, is eighth in the preseason top twenty five. Right. Um, I understand they return everybody, and I understand they made a Final Four. Um, and I understand they were really good the last year. I could I could see them in the the, the twenty range, more or less. But eight is is kind of crazy to me. <laughs> yeah, I that, FAU. yeah. I think. I think that's a lot of, um, you know, the field of 68 guys, they do, they do a good job. I think that's a lot of like them not wanting to drop the national runner-ups outside, you know, like it's, it'd be like weird for them to like the national, them to have the national runner-ups and bringing everybody back and be like, yeah, 25, you know, like something like that. North Carolina anyways. Right, 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 right. So I don't know. I think, yeah, I think that's where maybe that leans more is like, they don't want to drop them too much. Um, They're not going to be a top. They're not, they're not a top 15 team. They're a really good team. Yeah, I just just don't see them repeating what they did last year. Really good team. They might win the American. That Memphis. I was about to say them. Americans not as good, like as like, we, again the Americans losing obviously Houston, Houston and UCF. I mean UCF solid too, um, but like yeah they're gonna have to beat the, basically the same teams they had to beat this year. <laughs> yeah, UAB, North Texas, and then you throw Memphis in there. I don't know if Tulane will be as good. They lost Jalen Cook, and then yeah, uh, Wichita State yeah got Paul Mills, so that'll be interesting. And then uh, yeah, that's a good point. Good Tulsa Conkle uh, is got some guys up there, so that'll be interesting. But anyways, that's a side tangent. North Texas, though, I just wanted to highlight what they've done because they're going to be – they're on paper, I think they're yeah. just as good as they were last year. And last year was a damn good team, like even losing Tyler Perry. If anything, they might have got better defensively here because they lose Abu Usman as well to Xavier. Mm-hmm. But um, I just think with Mulai Sissoko, the, what he, we saw him do in the NIT tournament where he manned the five perfectly yeah. fine. They had Robert Allen. They have Aaron Scott still. They have Ruben Jones. Like, these are all conference. Those are two all-conference players right there. Yep. On paper, this team is probably better than last year's team. We have, we have to remember how much Tyler Perry kind of bailed them out of situations. I was about to say, yeah, a lot, a lot of especially, – especially early when yeah. you were like – when the team was like unwatchable at times early, yeah. you're just like, what's happening here? And exactly. it was just Tyler Perry just jacking shots and yeah. hitting. And uh, Kai, they lose Kai Huntsbury as well on the on the perimeter, which is which is a significant loss. But mm-hmm. I'm just looking at this team on paper and be like, this is probably more talented, and it might be better defensively with Sissoko at the five and without Perry on the court. Because obviously, as much as I, we love Tyler Perry, he was he is five nine, five ten. Like, yeah, there's a limitation there. So I just want to highlight that. It's going to be Quick. very very interesting to watch them in the American. This one's not on the <clears throat> excuse me. This one's not on the on the agenda, but. I do love that. Have you seen the guy? Have you seen the type of players that Grant McCaslin's bringing to to Tech right now? Go ahead. Who they're I've, all, I've seen the they're name. All, they're all like six nine and up. Yeah. Like, I just I just love that he's like I can recruit big dudes now. <laughs> like, this is Kyron, a, yeah. Kyron Lindsay, uh, formerly Denton Geyer. He's like he's from Georgia. He's six eight. Uh, kind of a, a, a I don't want to say stretch, but like a versatile forward. Darian Williams is similar versatile forward at six six. Uh, then Darian Warren Washington's seven foot center. Like, it's just like, he's just like, I can bring big dudes into the program now. (laughs) Yeah. 
Um, yeah, it's like as much as it's interesting because it's, it is the kind of that, that Joe Golding thing where he always – Right, he right. It's like you can't bring certain like, players to certain programs. Yeah, it's like, you know, and which it's that way for every level, right? If, sure. Yeah. You know, you go anywhere. It's like, all right, you step up a level, you can get certain level players. Right. Um, it is interesting, though. He has been – he's been trying. You can tell he tries to play big to a degree yeah, yeah. at Tyler Perry last year. So it was like kind of a problem. Emoja Gibson early on in his tenure was whatever. But remember, they had Thomas Bell with Zach Simmons. They had, if you go back in time, Dangu with Zach Simmons, Abu uh, and Thomas. Like they had, he's had, he's no problem playing those bigs in there. So that'll be interesting to see how that works out. I haven't, I don't know enough about Tech's roster right now um, and the transfers they have. I know yeah, Pop Isaac is back. We love Pop Isaacs, big Pop yep. Isaac fans. Um, <laughs> Other than that, I don't have enough to say, like, oh, he's definitely going to be here in the Big 12. Right. I mean, it's kind of a good thing that they brought in UCF, Cincinnati, and BYU. So that way, even if they're not even if they're not good, they still should be able to get some wins. They're not going to be, you know, 2-16. and 16. You know, they're not mm-hmm. going to have to go through the gauntlet of that Big 12. So there should be a couple wins on there, realistically. Right. Um, all right, what else we got here? Uh, Ron Holland to the G League. Obviously, this is a big deal because he is the best player in Texas for the mm-hmm. 23 class. He was committed to Texas, doubled down committing to Texas when Rodney Terry got the job. And I've looked at, I've already looked at a bunch of 2024 mock drafts, and they have him going top five. And now he goes to the G League, where he won't be getting more money than Texas, which was a lot of our concern early on was that will he go to Arkansas, who just will drop a bag, or somebody who will drop a bag. Mm-hmm. Well, he's going to the G League, probably making probably less. Yeah. Not the same. Let's just say I don't know. What I don't know. What Zoom. I think there's a. I forgot the lock. There's like a locked in set. More, yeah, like it's like it's, I think it's like some of like the draft. K. It's yeah. It's like six. It's like six. It's good money, but it's like it's definitely not like yeah. Like what I'm trying to think of like Oscar Sheboy from Kentucky got like a million. You know, yeah. right to go to back to Kentucky. It's not like that. Jimmy, all that. Stuff. Right, right. Like, exactly. I'm saying, yeah. If Ron Holland went to Texas and balled out, he got he gets a bins or something like that right 100%. <laughs> yeah, exactly so um anyway so he's not going for the money so that's what makes it interesting to us is ronnie terry kind of just lost him um to the g league and i think that's a good route for ron holland because g league has been able to produce obviously plenty of pros like scoot henderson and um jaden hardy and go down the list but um, Jalen green but yeah does it does it say something about ronnie terry or texas that they just lost him no, I don't think so. Because I think it would have been more concerning for me if he would have went to Arkansas. Um, okay. I think a more concerning one is Arterio Morris to Kansas, right? Yes. I think they lo- they lose him to a rival. And it's not like he went down a level. It's not like, he, you know, he went to a program that was like, yeah, sure, we'll take him. Hell yeah, we'll you know come right over. Yep. Um, I think this one was more of a... I wonder if he did not... And again, maybe this is kind of the thing with Texas, whereas... He didn't see Texas or Texas this year maybe as the best spot to prepare him for the league, right? And that could be a criticism, but I think – I don't know. I I, I do wonder – I'm curious if they – if Texas even hires somebody of – a muscleman status or, you know, the, the pipe dream of like bringing Jay Wright out of retirement or retirement or whatever. Like, I still think that he probably goes this route just because the roster around him, I mean, it's, it, he would have been the guy and surely, yeah, there's, there's a thing about like being the guy and like, 
you know, showing your draft prowess, but it's like, is that necessarily going to prepare you the best than playing in a G league situation? Um, I don't know. I, I think, I think I look at this more as like, he kind of looked at the roster and said, I think I could probably take what Scoot Henderson did and use this as a year to kind of get surrounded by adults, play against other adults and, yeah. you know, come into the league. Texas has very much, very much has a college basketball roster. Yes. That might be, I like the way that you brought that up because it kind of made me think about it that way because anybody who goes G league, anybody, any prospect that goes G league is only focused on going to the NBA. And I'm not saying guys like Keontae George aren't focused on going to the NBA, but there is a certain gap where they see they can go to Baylor. Keontae George sees he can go to Baylor, maybe, you know, challenge himself defensively. I mean, Baylor has a lot of freedom for its guards, right? So mm-hmm. it's a there, there are selling points there. I'm not sure what I mean. Ronnie Terry at UTEP was able to give his guards plenty of freedom, but mm-hmm. a it's an unproven type of coach. It's an unproven roster. It's a college roster where you're gonna have Brock Cunningham on the court with you, right. um, and guys like that. And, and yeah, it's not a it's, it's not a roster that's like. Like, Keontae George fits so well with that Baylor team, right? Like, he was plug-and-play where I was like, we just need an alpha, kind of an alpha mentality scorer. Um, We can kind of hide some of his faults, right? Defensively, he can work on some things, but we can kind of hide him. He's not going to ask for to to create the whole offense and all that. Texas is going to have some issues creating shots, right? This Texas team. Um, And I could see Ron Holland being like, I'm going to have some trouble getting some shots in this offense, potentially. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and I don't – Again, he has a lot of – he's a very toolsy type player. Um, he's very lengthy. He can shoot. He can take the ball off the dribble. And I just – I do wonder if it was like – if te- if you looked at Texas and like, I don't know if I'm going to get the best out of me here. Um, yeah. Or even college, right? If, if it was like – he probably looked at Arkansas and said the same thing. He's like, eh, this is not – just not for me. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's jump to the women's side of things real quick where TCU <laughs> adds Jaden Owens – uh, from Baylor, a player who last year I thought stepped up in a major way when they lost, obviously, um, Trana Edwards mm-hmm. and uh, Asia Blackwell, and then they were battling injuries the past two years. Like, it's just been a roller coaster the past two mm-hmm. years for Jaden Owens at Baylor, and she stepped up and been a very capable role player. So I really like this pickup for TCU to bring her in and show that she's – going to be able to step i mean on a team that is completely rebuilding from top to mm-hmm. bottom with a new coach and new team i think i i like this pickup i think this is a veteran presence that can score the ball yeah no this is going to be a fun i think it's gonna be a really fun tcu team potentially um obviously it's going to be hard to kind of make make some waves in in their first year under um uh is it campbell i'm trying to think of the new head coach yeah, yeah mark Cam- mark campbell um but the issue is just kind of getting off the getting this new era kind of off the ground. And I think they're bringing in enough, you know, Sedona Prince. I like Jade Clack coming in from Austin high uh, as a freshman. I don't think she'll play too much, but you know, I like a lot of pieces they're bringing in. Um, Jade Owens, like you mentioned, I think when you have Jaden Owens and Sedona Prince, I think you have two really reliable veterans. Mm-hmm. Um, are they going to necessarily be like, star-studded all-conference probably not but like i just think that having those people in the room adds a lot in terms of like adversity right like things are going to get probably really tough in this first year um the conference gets a little tougher right you bring in houston um and so yeah i I think i'd be i think these are smart pickups not just like 
savvy, not just like really good players, but I think like really smart pickups as well. Yeah. And then um, second edition that I want to talk about real briefly is Texas A&M adding uh, Lauren Ware mm-hmm. in the por- from the portal from Arizona, uh, six points per game, four boards, uh, six foot five. That's the selling point. That's really all you need to know. Six foot five. Um, and this is big for Anna because when you're going against the South Carolinas, the LSUs, you need the size, and this presents you the size. I mean, yeah. 22 minutes per game last year at Arizona, um, only two fouls, so well, two fouls per game. So that's that's a pretty good rate as far as mm-hmm. uh, foul rate because she had 1.1 blocks per game as well. So nothing else. It's a body that they need to perhaps pair with Janai Barker in the starting lineup, maybe bring her off the bench. But when you go through the SEC, Tennessee is also going to be very, very big. So you're going to have a lot of games where you're just going to be playing big teams. You need a 6'5 player like this. So yeah, um, I think that's a really good pickup. I like it. Yeah, I mean, that adds – I'm trying to think. Now they have Kendall Hunter and India yeah. Rogers, who we talked about those two already. H. Akula Bali, who I keep forgetting about as well, from, from Auburn, scored 50, 16 points a game for them. Again, they just fixed all their issues, right? They they needed they needed scoring, they needed maturity, they needed shooting, and they got all of it. So yeah, Lauren Ware just adds to like an insane, an insane offseason. This might be like this might be our our UTSA for this year. Like, like where it's like a team that's I'm not again, a lot of people were expecting them to be better, obviously, with all these yeah. pickups, but a team that was not good the year before, but saying, No, 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 trust us. Like this yeah. is, is this something is something's going up here. Something might work here. They I don't want to set expectations too high. Right. It's still the it's still the I SEC. It's still the SEC. Like, like South Carolina South Carolina, LSU, Tennessee, Ole Miss are the four best teams in the SEC. By I was about to say those teams, they they may get some they may get some work from those teams. Like they like, may get some big teams, time like, work. Like those four teams should all be top fifteen. Yes, at, I mean at, at least Ole Miss is fringe, but the rest are comfortably top fifteen. You know LSU number one, South Carolina five, whatever. Yes, uh, but outside of that, there is plenty of room here for A and M to be in the conversation for fifth, sixth, seventh best team in the conference. And, that's and I think that's what the, I think from. that's what they should be. Yes, that's my expectation. Yeah, that's my expectations. Top seven in the conference. So I'm excited. I'm very excited. That's going to be a really good team. It's going to be a really, really good team. If we get a Kendall Hunter um, resurgence, Oof. paired with Janai Barker hooping, paired with Sydney Bowles just chucking threes. Let's go. Like, and India, uh, India Rogers. Like, I'm just there's all diamond all over the place. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in for all of it. Yes. Um. All right. Well, in the show with um, the draft is coming up on the 22nd, June 22nd. It is June 12th right now, ish. We have two players presumably going in the first round, Jarris Walker and Keontae George. Jarris Walker, I think, is going to is mocked a little bit higher than Keontae <laughs> George in a lot of spaces. But my question is, and you can take this, you can go wherever you want with this, but okay. where do you want to see them go, I guess? Ooh, that's a good one. Because um, Jarris Walker has been mocked anywhere from 5 to 10. And if we go 5 to 10, it's Pistons, Magic, Pacers, Wizards, Jazz, Mavericks. I think him and the Mavericks would be fantastic. Oh, that'd be that'd be perfect for them. Um, man, that's a good that's a good question. What do I want? Where do you what do, where, do you have an idea right now? While I while I, I kind of I skim want it? Jairus Walker to go. I think the Mavericks would be the most fun outcome for him, just because he could play kind of free next to to Luca and he can play without the ball. Uh, Utah, we have to think. Laurie Markin and 
that's uh, kind of their best player. They're kind of rebuilding. Um, what's the um, uh, uh, Walker Kessler's was really good there. Kessler really was good. really good. Yeah, so they had their four or five kind of set. Um, interesting thing with Jarris Walker is I think he could play the three. Yeah, and in some spurts. If he can shoot the ball, I think he can kind of step out to the three. So that's the interesting part. Pacers, Tyrese Halliburton, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Benedict Matherin was good last year. Wizards, kind of rebuilding. I, I, I think not the Wizards is what I'm thinking right now. <laughs> like I, just, I just, yeah, they feel like they're a team that's like about no just like on the second of just blowing it all up. Yes. Um, yeah. Wizards are on the cusp, I should say. I would, if I had to lean, I would lean Pacers or Pistons, I think. Um, okay. I like Pistons just obviously hired Monty Williams. They're fully invested in the future there. I think you got the alpha guy and um, Cade and Cade Cunningham. Drafted Jaden Ivy. Just drafted Jaden Ivy. I think they're kind of looking for that like wing. So they they have again they have bodies there like Marvin Bagley. They have a James Wiseman, but like it's not. Let's be let's be serious. They have a bunch of bigs that could kind of work out that are well. Uh, so I'm so, so I'm so, so here here's their roster right now, right? I think this is why it works. So they have Cade Cunningham at the point, who they're running at the point. Yeah. Um, let me see their stats actually. Long story short, they don't have a. They have Jaden Duran uh, J- uh, at, at the at the five. Yeah. But they don't have a four. They played Marvin Bagley. They played fives but, at the four. Right, right. Yeah. And they've played Isaiah Stewart, and I think they played big with Boyan Bogdanovich at times. They need a four. I think Jarris Walker could really work as that next guy to kind of, and Monty Williams is a good developmental coach. Um, I think you could really work something there. Jaden Ivey, of course, still there, like you mentioned. And then, or Indiana, whether or not they decide to move on from Miles Turner. I think he's, if if they keep Miles Turner, him and Miles Turner could work. If they move on from Miles Turner, bring in somebody, they need somebody for that front court anyway. I think one of those guys, um, I wouldn't mind Dallas, but I also, I'm also worried about like the everything going on in Dallas. So I don't know if I want to put them there. We don't want anybody to get drafted from Dallas. We want whoever gets drafted just to forfeit and be like, right. oh, I'm not signing there. Okay, <laughs> right, right. I will go to Spain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you can be Kyrie and yeah. uh, Luca again. Um, Keontae George is interesting. He's drafted. Uh, he's, he's like late lottery, top 10. Like, it's like I, there's a bunch of places for him. A lot of places that he could go here. Uh, ultimately, I want him on a team where he can get some shots up. Because mm-hmm. that's his game, and I don't want him to have to um, defer as much, mm-hmm. uh, or maybe come off the bench and be a scorer. I think the Raptors at thirteen is kind of interesting, uh, especially if Van Vliet ends up leaving in, yeah. in free agency. Yeah. That they're, they're going to need scoring there. Thunder at twelve, SGA at the one, Giddy Ooh. two or three, Lou Dort. I mean, that, that little, Thunder team little, should just be really good next year. A little six-man role for him, maybe, to yeah. start off. Ooh, that's like, I actually don't I actually don't hate that. I actually kind of like that. Yeah, something like that. So I, I I'd probably – yeah. I lean OKC or New Orleans. I think New Orleans is, like, one of those teams that's, like, they could really use some other scoring, right? And so I'd probably lean OKC because I like – you talked me into that. That's, that's like, a perfect – actually, I think he'd probably be a six-man on both, more or less. Probably, yeah. Um, Because they have Brand, uh, no one says Brandon Ingram and and CJ McCollum. Yeah. Um, And of course, Zion. So I think, yeah, honestly, that six man role where it's like he can kind of focus on what he does well, right? Which is just score. Um, 
I think in in New Orleans, can he can probably work on his defense a little bit too there. He's not going to be like hung out to dry a lot. So, yeah, that's a good point. We'll see. Um, hopefully, yeah, I don't know. I, obviously, we're just kind of fans of getting these guys in good situations. Um, so we'll see. But I, I, I kind of like those two spots for right. Keontae who do you who, who has a better NBA career, Keontae George or Jairus Walker? I'm going to go right – yeah, I'm going to go Jairus Walker. Um because I think they both are, you know, very, you know, journey at the very least journeyman guys. They have skills to be journeyman guys. Yeah, they'll stay. Um, or yeah, they'll be in the league. Yeah, yeah, they'll be in the league basically. Uh, but I think we've seen more often than not a type a Keontae George type not work out um, if the situation is not right. Um, I don't want to say he's like Jabari Parker, but because like, he's he's more athletic than Jabari Parker. But like we've seen those guys where it's like their handle may not be good enough to be a two. Yeah, they may be too not not physically imposing enough to be a three. I'm not saying he's like that, but I've seen we've seen those types kind of fall out as opposed to like Jarris Walker, who can kind of do a little bit of everything. Um, yeah. His issue for me, Jarris Walker's issue for me is like, what is he the best at? I don't know exactly. what's his game exactly. Um, but you know, championship teams, all those kind of teams, find room for guys like that. Yeah, Walker is going to have to. I think he will be a very, very good defender. But that's what we're going to have to see him develop and like become yeah. that, realize the potential, basically. Right, that we've right. Been playing for he's he's going to be he's going to be fine. But yeah, I, I agree with you on both fronts there. All right, that's all we got. That was a good podcast. Forty five yeah. minutes. That was really fun. Um, the next couple weeks, we already got a couple beat writers scheduled, penciled in right now. So we'll have them on to talk about their teams. Uh, we're going to get through as many teams as we can over the coming weeks, try to get one um, team done every week, and then we'll get to coaches later on in the summer, like I said earlier. So, yeah, uh, thank you all for joining us. Oh, real quick. Mm-hmm. I have written down. I forgot to ask. Uh, do you think Marcus Sasser will be able to stick in the league? That's a good question. Um, he'll go somewhere like – He'll go somewhere. Second. Let me like see. Look like at my favorite, my favorite site, Tankathon. There you go. Uh, I don't. Th- okay, so they don't have a mocked in the first round in Tankathon. No. Um, but he will. He will get. He will. I would presume he gets drafted. Uh, you have him going thirty-five. That's high. Ooh, that's kind of high. Um, I think Marcus Sasser's best situation. You know what? No, I think he does. I think he does. He's a guy who can shoot. Um, his issue is gonna again. His issue is gonna be what position does he play? Um, because he's a little bit small for a NBA two, but yeah. I still think he's good enough to play it too. Um, I think we're seeing, coincidentally enough, with his former teammate, I think we're seeing Quentin Grimes kind of come into something similar, where it's like you just see a guy who's like too good to not play. Yeah. Uh, Knicks fans by the end of the season were like loving Quentin Grimes because he was able to kind of fill it up in spurts. Um, I think Marcus Sasser can be a similar role to that because Quentin Grimes isn't a big. I think what is he six four. Six four something like that. Yeah, again, not not crazy handles, right? But he's kind of stuck in that two range, um, or playing small as a three, things like that. So I think Marcus Sass are similar, um, but yeah, I, I think he definitely has a spot in the league. Um, I, he's somebody who like I want to see him in summer league. Like he's one of those yeah. guys where it's like when summer league comes around, I was like, all right, I'm watching Marcus Sasser. Yes, yes, we will. We will be watching Marcus Sasser for sure. Yep. All right, that's all we got for y'all today. Hope y'all enjoyed the episode. Leave us a like, comment, share, subscribe, uh, five-star rating and review wherever you're listening. We appreciate the support. We'll be back with uh, videos and episodes throughout the summer, so stay tuned for that. Until then, we'll talk to y'all later.